with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Sean, I want you to kill the noise. <laughs> Tonight's subject, tonight's show is going to be called Kill the Noise. So turn your phones off right now if you're listening and kill the noise because we got a lot to talk about. We've been on this uh, Kill the Noise tour for the last, well, shoot, we've been doing it for about two years now. But we just uh, started it back up because the school year started. And um, we got an opportunity to go to Canada. I think we were in Canada like a couple weeks ago. How was Canada? Dude, it was sick. Uh, we showed up and um, I got invited to go out there to speak at this youth conference. It was all these, it's different. The, the, the vibe's different in Canada. Um, actually, all the denominations work together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like America. But um, yeah, so you had all the different denominations came together and I got to, um, they did like a two day conference and um, I got to be the last speaker to kind of close the whole conference uh, with the wake up message. You know, the, our mission is the Great Commission. And uh, you know what was interesting that happened actually at that conference is um, there was this guy that, I forget his name, but he represents this movement and they deal with hope. Hashtag hope is like the movement, the okay. name of his movement. And what he does is he goes to concerts and what he'll do is he'll get up in between concerts and he'll talk to people that are uh, dealing with suicide. Um, because I guess his whole life he's he's dealt with uh, suicidal mm-hmm. thoughts and depression. And I have a picture, I actually posted on my Instagram a while back, I don't know if you've seen it. But he got up on stage and he says, if there's anyone here that has considered or maybe even possibly tried to commit suicide in the past, thought about it, raise your hand. And literally a couple hundred students raised their hand between junior high and high school. My mind was blown. I thought we would see like maybe 10 people, Mm -hmm. a couple hundred kids out of like a thousand kids. You know, like 20% of the place basically rose their hands. And those are the ones that actually admitted it. Wow. Dude, that was gnarly. So going to Canada and then coming here to the States where you've been doing the the bulk of your Kill the Noise tour, yeah. what differences or similarities did you see in the kids? The same. Right. The same. The same issues. So I got to speak at this conference. Then what I did is actually the first day I got there, um, I went to two schools. And when we were going there, they said, okay, well, we have two Christian schools set up because it's a, it's a whole different setup to even get into the school district there. They go, we have two schools set up. Well, two of them are Christians, but they said one of the schools, it's like basically people just send their kids there because it has a better education, just like the Christian schools here. So People do that all the time. Automatically, you could just count 50% of the Christian schools here or there, non-Christian. So they had me come in. I gave the kill the noise message, basically talked about identity, purpose, what they were created for. And if you kill the noise, get rid of the distractions, you could discover what God's plan is for your life. So I said, if you want to receive Jesus Christ for the first time, you want to give your life back to the Lord, or maybe you know if you don't know what you need, you just need a touch from him, come up here. And literally the first school I went to, half the school came forward. Wow. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe 150 kids or something. I think the school was only like 300 people. So but half the school came forward. Then we went to do another school. Um, that same day, a couple hours later, and we went to this other part of town, and they said that 70% of the kids in this school are practicing Muslims and Hindus. Hmm. So then they said the other 30% is Christians, and then you'd have to cut that in half. You know, like 15% is Christian. And um, so we went in there, gave the same exact message, and then I said, if you want Jesus Christ, come forward. A third of the school came forward. Wow. And uh, it was like when you look at the crowd, because you could see it's like the, the blacks and the Muslims and the Indian, Indians are the, uh, are the Muslims and the, and the Hindus there, okay. you know? So I would say 90% of the, 
the 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 crew that came up out of those seventy kids were practicing Muslims and wow. Hindus. So it was it was sick, man. Like the same thing though. The kids, the same message I give here in America is the same message I gave in North America, and the kids responded exactly the same. As we go through the show this day, we're kind of talking about this, just kind of talking to some of the major issues and topics that are facing a lot of the kids today in our society. Uh, We talk about it so often on the show, how fast-paced society is. Um, And so the Kill the Noise Tour, the the mindset behind it is just unplugging from so many of the distractions because there are a lot of distractions in our lives for all ages and especially with with the young people that are just entrenched in it. It's just become a a way of life in so many ways. And um, I I think it's an amazing thing, Ryan. Why don't you talk really quick about, because right now for those that are listening, you guys, you have an opportunity to be be a part of the Kill the Noise Tour. We talk about this all the time. If you're a part of a school, whether you're a janitor, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a student, and you got a vision for your school, your campus, junior high or high school, you can bring the Kill the Noise Tour to your campus. Be praying for it. Um, it's an amazing vision. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, we actually opened the tour to basically middle schools as well. And so that's just new this year, that's right? That's just new this year. So we've been booking uh, middle schools. We did one kind of on accident last year, <laughs> and then God just opened the doors this year. So we're doing middle schools this year. We're doing high schools. And, um, yeah, I mean, basically, it doesn't matter who you are, even if you're a parent or maybe you're just – someone driving down the road right now and you're listening to this, it doesn't matter who you are. If you have a heart to get into the school system, all we need to do at the end of the day is we just need to uh, connect with the Christian club teacher. Mm. It's that simple. It's not, you don't have to wait around for someone else to do it. Just go to the school and find out, Hey, can I find out who the Christian club teacher is here? Get the email address, get the number, contact them, let them know about Mm. the whosoever's movement, what we're doing and get them in contact, send them the, our information, and if they email us, we'll go to the school for free. That's Amazing. just basically how it works. It's that simple. But we need people not only to pray, but to actually take action and get us plugged into those schools. We'll go. We're just waiting. I mean, we're reaching out to schools, but we're also touring like crazy, so we can only do so much. The other thing you're doing right now, too, I might as well bring it up, is the wake-up tour. Um, tell the audience just a little bit what's the different heartbeat or the the vision behind the wake up tour. Well, we, we started this. Uh, I started this tour about three months ago. I gave this message at a pastor's conference. It was called Wake Up. Um, it was all about our mission is the Great Commission here on Earth, and I give a landscape of the uh, culture. And I, you know, after giving it at the pastor's conference, I just got a lot of response from pastors going, "Man." I did not know that this stuff was actually happening because obviously, you know, Sean, I'm always in culture and that's yep. kind of where I live my life. And then I surfaced to the church to, to give messages. But I, I opened it up. I said, God, if you want to do this, open the doors. And literally we booked 40 stops for the last uh, three months and we're continuing the tour. We go to Seattle next month. Oh, I'm sorry. This month we go to Mexico City. We're going to Texas, Houston. Um, I mean, we're, then we're hitting the whole East Coast. I mean, it's just like and you're probably doing both, right? A little bit of the wake up tour, a little bit of the kill the noise tour. Yeah. So right now we have we have those those tours going back to back. So we're going into churches. We're giving the message. The the church is waking up. They're realizing we have to do something about it. And then in return, we're sending out the ambassadors, which is the the Christians in the church, to get us into the high schools. We were just at Ray Bentley's church uh, last week. We did the wake up message too. We saw hundreds of people coming to the Lord almost mm. every service. Like there was like huge altar calls. Like people were being awakened 
and realizing that not only it's time to wake up and get their life right with the Lord, but now it's our mission is the Great Commission to reach mm. as many people as possible. And through that, we went to his school, and now we're going to hit five high schools in their surrounding areas as well. Amazing. You know, when, uh, when it comes to like what the kids are struggling with, um, there's probably multiple things, but we've talked about this, depression. Depression's a, a major thing, right? Depression, you just brought up suicide. Um, seeing all those hands that go up, which is linked to depression. I mean, if you're committing suicide, no, no, no doubt you're battling with depression. Depression's prevalent, right, in, in our culture and in our society today. I would say that, um, that that's what we should definitely talk about because as we're talking about this whole Kill the Noise tour, the Kill the Noise is to get rid of the distractions, to kill all the stuff that is distracting us and taking us, pulling us, literally pulling us away from the purpose that we were created for, our destiny mm -hmm. that God has created us for, our whole purpose why we're here on this earth. Mm -hmm. And interesting enough, you know, the world has this issue going on right now is because of social media, not social media, well, that's one of them, but technology. We're ha we have this epidemic that's going on that's surfacing on Time Magazine, Rolling Stones, um, and the different um, avenues of technology leading to pornography, social media, um, just devices, screen time, all these things are causing this whole division and divide in people's lives, families' lives, kids' lives, and just life between work and their and their and school and everything. It's it's pretty interesting because I've been reading these articles today. I went through like five different articles, and one of the things I guess for lack of better words, trending right now is uh, depression and anxiety. And this was in, was it in Time? Was it, uh, was it in um, the Wall Street Journal? It was Wall Street Journal, yes. Yeah. And the article basically talked about, um, we, we can read a couple things from it. Do you, ha do you have that article yeah, on you? I'll have to pull it up. But basically what's interesting is is it's talking about it's not just with the, with youth or the children, it's with the the parents as well. It's It's the... The lifespan, what's going on is people are in front of their devices and they could say that right now from the time you, you're born to the time you die, people's lifespan in front of screens is now estimated at 11 to 19 years. Dude, that is crazy. The amount of time that you will waste looking at screens. And while you're wasting your life away looking at screens, you're you're because of this, you're not out doing you're not exercising which is healthy right any doctor talks about that when you're depressed that you need to be exercising at least 30 minutes three times a, a week you're not getting your 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 vitamins from the sun because mm -hmm. you're stuck in, in the house um and then the disconnect from god created us to be in a communication and fellowship and and we we, we thrive off of the you know relationships in uh, what's it what am i talking about it's uh the communication of us encountering each other. Yeah, you know, talking about this, um, the one of Wall Street Journal, I thought it was pretty interesting. I'm going to kind of overview a couple things, but there, it, like, it paints a little picture. So it says, we live in an era previously unimaginable with luxury. Without leaving our sofas, we can conjure almost any book, film, phone, enjoy any exotic cu cuisine delivered right to our doorstep, right? There's an app for all that stuff. Yep. An app, hey, deliver this food to me. I don't want to leave where I'm at. I can't, You don't have to go to the video store no more like back in the day. Mate, you don't have to bring it back in three days. You just download it right there. You pull it from online, Netflix, and all these various avenues, That right? is crazy. But, yes. there, but it also says, but there's a cost to this convenience that doesn't appear on your credit card statement. 
Our indoor sedentary, um, socially isolated um, lives leave us vulnerable to depression. Because you're locked up in your home all the time, you're just bombarded with just information, you're watching television, you're not going outside. It says the U.S., the most technically, uh, technologically advanced nation on the planet, is also the most depressed. Three in ten Americans will battle depressive illness uh, at some point in their lives, an estimated tenfold increase since World War II. Although antidepressants use in the U.S. has uh, risen 400% since 1990, so has the rate of depression. Now, that's important to note because it's saying that antidepressant medication that deals with depression, that should try to heal depression, isn't healing. That in, in fact, it's actually getting worse. The, it's not keeping up. There's still major depression. That's not the, the healing process well, isn't through medication. You also read that new article that came out in Times Magazine that said that Americans consume 80% of the world's prescription pain pills. Yep. I mean, yep. America's consuming, which is interesting because it goes along with this article that just came out. Now, check this out. This was a study that was in a little bit of time, but so you can only, you can um, think about where it's at now. We're in 2017. This was a study that was in 2010 with about 1,000 students at 19 universities um, who pledged they would give up all screens for 24 hours but the reality from that test, in a matter of hours, most of the, many people already dropped out due to withdrawals, um, the same as like substance abuse or addiction. But those who pushed through were initially discomfort, but completed the experiment, discovering a surprising array of being more calm, a little bit better intention, and was able to have better conversations with others. And then it just kind of gives it, it's an interesting point. I mean, this is definitely from a secular standpoint, but it's a, there's a thing from all, um, platforms of life that this is a major issue. I mean, there, 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 um, things that they encourage people to do is like, get out, get out into the sunlight, you know, don't stay in the house all the time, the importance of exercising and stuff like that. So you're a little bit functionally, socially, and then it says something about how you shut down at the end of night um, as well. Well, think about this. Think about this. It's, I mean, I could speak on my behalf that even with devices, um, you know, you if you don't have them around, you get that like, that withdrawal. Yeah. Oh, where's my phone? Or Oh, we talked about the phantom buzzes yeah, like you in your like phone. Your phone's not in your pocket, but like you felt like it went off. Yes, I mean these are these are the side effects, and they're saying that a lot of these uh, young people have their phones by their bed, bed all night, and they keep them on just in case they get like uh, they don't want they have like the fear of missing out. Yeah. So they want to make sure if they get, there's a comment, so these kids aren't sleeping or they're on their devices all night, and if you're in front of your device, it'll just keep you up all night as well if you're looking at it. You know, and this is an area now we we bring up these facts that we're seeing through the um, the lens of technology. Technology is something that's amplifying some of this depression. Uh, depression is something that's not new by any means. Uh, depression, you see it talked about in the Bible as far as people struggling with something. You know why? Because what does Satan like to attack so often in our lives? Our mind. And when your mind's all over the place, um, it's a place where the enemy can, can play with your mind. He can lead you astray. You have so many distractions. And technology-wise, pornography-wise, you're able to go in there, put so many different images into your mind. Your mind's all over the place. It's perverted. It's distracted. And the enemy has a field day in our lives. 
Um, uh, the other thing as well, not having any, having so many distractions where you don't hear the voice of God, that's a, ba- a, a big uh, d- um, distraction, obviously. You know, going on with that, what you said, I'm going to pull back to the very end of the article. Okay. What it says, this is, this is obviously not biblically, this is just what the right. scientists are saying. They're saying, but those who stuck, stuck with it and they, you know, they didn't go back to their devices during that test, it says, but those who pushed through the initial discomfort and completed the experiment discovered a surprisingly area of benefits, greater calm, peace, right. less fragmented attention, they could focus, more meaningful conversations, that's just part of focusing, deeper connections with friends, and greater sense of mindfulness. So what are they saying that the device is doing? It's literally all the noise is completely scatterbraining yourself. You're all over the place. You're not focused. You lose your attention. So the enemy, Satan, right. going back to what you were saying, dude, can run a field day on, on people. And that's why there's an increasing anxiety, increasing depression. If you if you aren't like, dude, I, the other day I left my phone at home on accident, actually, and I was just driving, uh-huh. and dude, like God actually spoke to me when I was on the road driving, because you're not looking down at your device, you're not caught up in like thinking of what's going on. You're just two weeks ago, I broke my phone, broke my screen real bad, and it stopped working. I couldn't, you know, the touch screen wasn't working any longer, so I had to shut it down. I called your dad real quick from another phone, and just a couple of people that would try to get a hold of me, and like, look. My phone's down for the day, and I have a lot of things going on. I can't go get it fixed till tomorrow, so you're not going to be able to get a hold of me. That whole day was pretty amazing. Because, you know, like you, you know, your phone can go off a lot. Mine does too. Whether you text, text messaging, emails, and just a bunch of phone calls, um, you, it, it was great to be able to shut it down a little bit. I'm so over it. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I do that, like, that little, uh, whatever you call it, the little moon thing. It's like the night mode, I guess. So if yeah, you have it on try that. and your screen shut off, basically what happens is you get you, it, you but get everything, don't but you don't, it's not vibrating, you. doesn't ring, it doesn't do anything like that. But dude, seriously, I'm like, honestly, like, I want to figure out even other ways to. I mean, if my phone didn't have that, yeah, this thing would be vibrating and going off all the oh, time. Yeah. I would have to like get rid of my phone completely. It's Mine crazy. Does do that? Maybe I do need to try that. You should try it. I mean, obviously, when you're trying to, you know, when you're away from your family, and you need that your parent, yeah. you know, your your wife needs yeah, to call you. It's but just one button now. Exactly. Yeah. So I have a, a verse here that I was thinking about before we we went on the show that I thought was uh, important, and it says this: um, in Isaiah twenty six verse three, it says, "You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you." I love it. Let me read it again. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. That's Isaiah speaking to the Lord. Is like, though the world around me is going crazy, and if you look at the prophets of the Old Testament, life was crazy. Like, it was, that's why the minor prophets, your dad just got done teaching that or just about to get done teaching it. It's so have much application for our society today. These are people that were standing for God, but yet the world around them was getting so distracted by so many things, going, being led astray by pornography, being led astray by uh, lifestyles that were temporary. Um, and Isaiah is speaking here. You want, you have distraction. You don't have peace. You will find peace when your mind is stayed upon the Lord. And that's true. Um, I was saying today uh, as well, it's like right now, 
I see marriages getting hit harder than ever. And some of it, I believe, is linked to this. The anxiety, the depression, people not being able to connect properly, spiritual warfare that's there. And it's like two, um, the wife and the husband are clashing like magnetic uh, magnets, like going the opposite direction. Um, And there's strife and there's no rest and there's no peace. People that know the word more than you and I, that that have been further in the Lord than, than you and I, but they're seeing Satan run rapid. And I'm telling you, this is an area that the only way to be conquered is if we are, our minds are stayed on the Lord. That's the only way we're going to have peace. Without it, we're going to have issues. We're going to have problems. I look at myself. I look at myself. I'm not a perfect man. I have issues. And by God's grace, he has called us and he uses our life, but it's not because of who we are. Um, but when I really do inventory in my life, I, I'm reminded of like, Lord, I need to stay right here with you. I need to stay right here with you because I'll be an idiot as a, a father or a husband or even as a pastor or leader if my heart and my mind is not stayed upon you. For me, I have to have those moments of peace. Like I'm 40 years old right now, three kids, a wife, many responsibilities, and so I look at my time very valuable when I ever have downtime, and I don't have a lot of downtime. I have to get up early, myself personally, and then a lot of times my drives solo are some of the best time. Like that's a time where a lot of times God's speaking to me or I'm listening to something that can be encouraging to me um, because I could so easy go so fast in. I can go fast and I can get distracted just like anybody else. I thought about, um, you know, as we've been talking about all this stuff, and you're saying how your heart has to be right, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As a leader or as a pastor or just better yet, a father or just just a Christian. And uh, that verse from Jesus when he says that the, the eye is a light to the body. Mm. You remember that one? He yeah. says the eye is the light. And yeah. you know what go, What you look at, it goes back into the heart. It's powerful. And that's so interesting how, how relevant that scripture is. Even to, re- yep. to this day, how, how does the whole scripture go? I don't, I'll turn to it, but yeah, keep, keep go, on breaking go, it down. Go, go ahead and pull it up. I was, I was trying to Google it right now, mm-hmm. but... um. No, but how interesting and how relevant is that verse to the times that we're living in right now? Just because the fact that the whole issue right now is the screen time. Screen time doesn't matter if it's TV time, movie time, computer time, social media time, iPhone time. It's all screen time. And here, this is what Jesus says. It says this in Matthew 6.22, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eyes get now check it out what Jesus is saying. A lamp, what does a lamp do? A, a lamp shows light when there's darkness is around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of shows you away. So the lamp of the body is the eye. The eye is what is connected to your brain that sees where you're going, the direction, how we drive, how we walk, everything, right? It leads you on the course in your life. Right. If therefore yes. your eye is good, if you have intentions like through your eye, what you are looking at is good. It says your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? We talked about this a few weeks ago when I said like, it's crazy that what the Bible has a lot to say about your walk and your steps. And when you break down your walks and steps, it too is connected to your heart, the direction of where your life is going. You know, because if you're walking in the flesh, your walk, your your feet could take you to the strip bar. It could take you to an adulterous affair. It can take you to lie and cheat. Same thing like that. 
the eyes, like that's what you're focusing on. That's where your attention is. But if your eye and your feet is connected to the things of the Lord, doing what's right to your wife, doing what's right to your family, uh, making wise decisions, making decisions that are based upon God's word, your whole body is going to be full of light. Um, the, the, the contrast between darkness of light is something that is from the Old and New Testament. Walking in darkness, you're walking in the flesh, you're walking at, with the enemy, you're, you're being guided by the enemy. And when you walk in darkness in a room, you don't see anything. You stub your toe, a lot of bad things happen, you make things more difficult than when they have to be. You turn the light, everything's exposed, and that's where victory comes in our life. And how could you do be a good husband and be a good father to your kids and make the right decisions if your eye, your that is that your your eyeball is looking at all this crazy stuff? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. what goes into the heart is what comes out. Jesus says it's not. He says it's not what you eat or drink that defiles you. It's what comes out of your heart. So if the eye is the light and you're putting all this stuff in. And you wonder, why can't I be a good husband? Why can't I just be a Christian? Why can't I even be, here's a better example. Why can't I just be a witness for Christ? Mm. Because Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness telling people about me everywhere. Witness, you're either a good witness or you're a bad witness. We've talked about that. Yeah. So how do you become a good witness? Well, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the eye is a light to the body. Mm-hmm. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. But then through the work of the Holy Spirit, the that will tell you what you're looking at is not right. Right. And I think that's a battle for all of us, even in the day of social media. I mean, you just crazy stuff could just pop up these days. And, and it goes the same too, though. Unfollow people too. Yeah. <laughs> if you're feeding the spirit, that is the only way you're going to overcome the weakness of your flesh. That's the only way. There's too many distractions that are out there. And this is a place where the enemy has run havoc. We have to realize that God is so amazing. He knows everything about our lives. He knows our thought from afar off, the Bible says. He knows the day we took our first breath and when we're going to take our last breath. So who are we to think that we can fool God? Um, And I think that some people can look at that perspective of a relationship with God and be like, oh man, that means like he's looking at me, waiting to judge me. No, I I like this saying before. Um, and actually, it was, I believe it was from Chuck Smith Jr.'s son, this old story that goes like the son came home from school and was like, from like Sunday school. And the kid's like, Dad, like a young kid, probably like five, six years old, says, Dad, the teacher at school said that God's watching me. But the way that he, he was like being corrected, God's watching you. He knows what you're doing. And like the kid was all freaked out. And so Chuck Smith Jr., this is wisdom, was like, Dad, is it true that God's watching me? And his response was like, yes, son, you're, God's watching you because he can't keep his eyes off of you, which is cool. Like, that's important to, to realize. Mm-hmm. That, that's major. That's like a biblical teaching right there because God loves us, guys. God cares for us. He cares for us in our weaknesses. He cares for us in our, the distractions that, we fa- that we're facing, the pornography that you're battling with, the depression that you're facing, the suicidal thoughts that you have. Or the issues that you're having in your marriage, he cares for you. He loves you. And he says, come to me, you who are heavy laden. You who are carrying a burden that you cannot bear no longer, and I'll give you rest and the peace that you desire. But you trying to hold on to your life, you trying to bring peace in your life by um, technology or whatever it may be. I don't. I, there's multiple things that we try to fulfill that void. It ain't going to work. 
it is only found in finding peace in the Lord. This is exactly why the Kill the Noise Tour exists. So I want you guys to pray for us. Before we go to the break, I want you guys to be praying for us that we will get into more schools so we can get in front of these students, these junior high students, these high school students, any kind of students. We need to get in front of them because we don't want to see them get caught up in rehabs. We don't want to see them go to jail. We don't want to see them uh, get the effects, like the effects of sin, the effects of this technology, of all this crazy stuff in the world. They need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, kill the noise, and live out the purpose that they were created mm-hmm. for. We don't. I don't want to go to the rehabs. I don't want to go to the jails. I want to go. I want to get these kids. Let them know God loves them before they even. That even there's even an opportunity for yep. that. You yeah. know, it's so crucial. That's why this tour exists. We must kill the noise. We must lose our life so we can save it as we follow Jesus Christ. What does a man profit if we gain the whole world and we lose our own soul? Is there anything worth more than our soul? There is absolutely nothing. Mm. And it's not. We, that's why we have to find out what God created us for. And it comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the only one that will bring that peace and that comfort in your life, whatever you're going through. I mean, this is the news in the world. This is all the mainstream saying this is the state of the world. Yep. 100%. Guess what? These are the birth pains because technology just started existing. Yeah. At this level, for At sure. At this level, yes. Well, uh, I guess we'll be back right after the break. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what warn you. Loud noises! Show's called Kill the Noise, but we're gonna kill this thing in my tooth that's floating around. Is this thing gone or what? No, it's still there. A this is bit. crazy. Get a tissue, put it here. Right All right, we're gonna need to get a mirror in here. Um, we're gonna have to get some. Uh, let me see. Here we go. If you're watching online, oh, I see it. It's right there. I told you. All right. <laughs> it gone? It, yeah, whatever. What? I'm not even eating anything. You, black. You're gonna have to get a toothpick later. It's all oh, good. Oh man. Oh well. This Power is just through. for the this is just for the video feed. <laughs> All right, we were talking about killing the noise, and uh, yeah, so we are doing the tours, and basically uh, we're hitting all the public schools, middle and high schools here in Southern California. But we did open it this year to uh, Canada as well as uh, the, across the whole United States. So we are we are booking schools all across the United States at the moment as well. And if you would like to book it, just go to the whosoever's.com. And connect with us. Our key into the public school system is the Christian club teacher. So it doesn't matter who you are. If you're uh, just a parent listening or 21-year-old or someone that works at the school, all we need to do is get connected with the Christian club teacher, and that is our in to go in and do a lunchtime rally assembly in the gymnasium. And literally we are getting, it could be up to three to 400 kids showing up and everyone's getting saved. God is showing up, and it's just amazing. So please be a part of this. Pray for us. The most important thing is to pray, and then if God leads you to to get us connected, we'll come to your city and we'll do it, and it'll be sick. So jump on board. You know, with that being said, too, I'd also like to just plug the whosoevers.com. You know, that's where you can stay up to speed with everything that's taking place with the whosoevers such as uh, the Kill the Noise Tour. But also there you'll see a bunch of new product. I saw a whole bunch of hats uh, that are up right now. All of the product that is there, man, it's been used in a powerful way. And the cool thing about it is that as each item is purchased, any product that is purchased, it goes right back into the movement to be able to fund all of these kind of things. 
Also, um, if you want to just be a part of giving, donating, you can join a monthly uh, giving program where you're like, I'm down for the cause. I support what's taking place with the whosoever's. And that's why I encourage you, follow them on all of the social media platforms so you can kind of get the heartbeat. And then it's easy to know, like, I'm going to align myself uh, with the vision behind the, the whosoever's. Also, Ryan's website, ryan-reese.com. You can see all of his teachings that are up there, as I am second thing in the various videos he's done, multiple teachings he has done, uh, and then all the archives of this radio show. We've been doing it for over two and a half years, and we're so stoked that all of you guys tune in every Saturday night. Yeah, it has all of our past shows for the, yep. for the radio show. So, I mean, I think it's like two and a half years of archives. So it's all there. It's all for free. It's all good. So this last half of the show, Sean, Mm -hmm. um, we've talked uh, about pornography many times, but it just keeps surfacing in the news. So as it keeps surfacing, I want to keep addressing it because the issue is getting uh, worse. So along with this whole technology situation that we have to be smart on how we limit ourselves and even the things we're watching because the eye is a light to the body. And it's so interesting that we could be on such an innocent platform like uh, Instagram or, or Snapchat or something like that, and or Twitter, and we can just see the craziest stuff. Yeah. Just the other day, I actually, I haven't seen pornography in like nine years. And I was just going through Instagram and I was watching funny videos. And literally clicked on a video and there was like pornography on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Believe it or not, I, that, I've never seen that before. I mean, Instagram's like, it's like, uh, it's more for like the youth and it's, it's, um, uh, what's it? It's uh, it's monitored. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but a lot of times it's just like in everything else. There's always tactics. They're able to get in there just a little bit. They have so many different. They're, they're putting like clips in there, like it's a normal video, yeah. and then they're putting like a little pornography clip in the middle somewhere hidden, so right. it's not traced. It, it doesn't get traced, or it, and it might get traced, but it might get pulled like in a couple of weeks. But by that time, it's already done damage. It's already gotten. You've seen it before. If you pay attention to people that start following you, if you see new followers, if you see new ones and they come up sometimes and it's sketchy oh, yeah. girls and I stuff like that. I haven't seen those in a while. And so you just have to block them. I just mm-hmm. block them or report them or whatever. Well, there's, not, there's try those, not to even yeah, look there's at those, those ones that are f- fake profiles. But now there's they're doing what they're doing is they're doing clips. Right. And they're putting like like little like uh like photos or whatever in the middle of these clips which before you were you were seeing those one uh, you know fake fake right. porn sites or whatever. Right. So they're, they're just, they're trying to figure out how to do it. It's crazy. You got to be wise too with just like on Instagram, on the explore area. Like I don't even go there, but it shows that it goes to a lot of different things. You get hooked up to with a, a bad hashtag and that thing can take you places you don't want to go. Yes, the explore. You know? Well, so, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. No, when you're talking about depression, the first part of the show is what we're kind of focusing on because that is a reality what so many people are battling with, young and old alike. Um, but then the one that's linked so much to depression um, is interesting is pornography. And yet, like pornography, uh, with pornography, you know, there's been s- studies that show like it, it does like something in your brain, your mind, where it gives you the sensation of satisfaction for a moment. But like a drug, it becomes so addicting that you have to continue to consume, continue to consume, and you're trying to chase a high. When you try to break it from it, it's like breaking from a drug. Um, it is something that has a satanic pull behind it as well. Um, I, I've battled with it over the years. I remember even my first couple of years How'd walking with the Lord. It? Well, before I was in the Lord, before I was walking with the Lord, 
I rem- I don't know how. I mean, I remember seeing pornography when I was young. Did you see magazines at somewhere? my cousin's house? Yes, I remember uh, cousin's house. My older brother at one point. Cause my older brother was a lot eight years older than us, so I saw some stuff that uh, of his when I was young. Um, how how old were you when that? I was probably ten years old, maybe ten, so 10 eleven years old. Um, and then when I was uh, my cousin, my cousin always had. And this is when magazines were the, the main yeah. thing, right? So a lot of magazines you see there. But all those things, I remember, they stir your mind. They stir your mind so you're thinking about more and stuff like that. And so when I got older, um, a little bit, not crazy. I remember somebody that would always be into it, would sense of, and like, oh, that's kind of crazy. I always kind of felt like it was like wrong, kind of like evil or whatever. Um, but yeah, but you put your guard down, you consume it a little bit. Um, but then for, the other one for me is when I battled with meth a couple stints in my life when we were younger through high school, 16 to like 18, 19, mm-hmm. when we did, for me, when we did like gnarly uh, meth run. And then the last years before I came to the Lord is when I battled with pornography worse than ever. Even though I w- was with a girlfriend, I was out socially, there was something that with the meth and everything, you're up all night, it was consuming how a lot were you of consumed, were you, was it video it was video at that time it was video that time so you see m- multiple things and i remember it just kind of controlling you and it affected everything it affected your relationships you're always thinking about it because you're you're blench your your mind slowly focused upon um sex and Starts pornography controlling you, controlling you then just like anything else then you need to fulfill that desire so got yourself or got myself in some crazy uh, relationships toward that end and tr- truly i believe that that i, I didn't would have never labeled it at the time but i probably was dealing with a battle of depression this is my last run you know you're doing meth all the time you're watching that or you're hooking up with somebody and then you're doing drugs it's just a, a crazy cycle that was up and down up and down and then um when i eventually came to the lord that was a battle like where i was cleansing that stuff out i remember sitting like on a sunday morning when your dad was teaching and it was something that gnarly he was teaching and i remember like in my mind like oh yeah like up in my closet i still got that pornography or i got that pipe up it's like in church i remembered i still had those things there Mm -hmm. when i get home in my mind i'm like i'm gonna go out i'm gonna get that stuff out and so walking with the lord after that one of the biggest battles was my mind you brought it up a lot where it's like um, it's like a, a hard drive, right? There's all this information. There's all your memory of those things. And you don't want to add to that. I had my hard drive was overwhelmed with stuff that there's visual stuff that I remember that was like a comfort zone that I always went to so often. Now I'm fasting from those things. I, I have gotten those things out of my life. And those first couple of years of my life, I was single. And so there were moments in my mind that if I wasn't so consumed with the word and I was like you, like I was going to church like three, four times a week. Um, I was reading all the time. Like I was truly consumed with God was changing my heart and my desires. So it was giving me victory in those areas of my life because if I didn't, what I was feeding in the flesh was so strong for so many years, especially those last couple years have been hard to, to overcome. But those are things that I battled with. Things that I've had to overcome in my walk with the Lord today. I still have to watch my mind. My mind can wander just like anybody else. I still remember some of the things that I saw back in the day. Um, I, I know that once I, I, I got married, those are things that I'd have to 
to deal with. And by God's grace, I have had victory in those areas. But um, I don't look at it as like, um, oh, I can never go down that road again. I, no, I, I actually am very sensitive to those areas. I truly, and I'm not self-righteous, but I don't watch stuff that like, I, the Holy Spirit brings conviction to your life. And for me, if I see something, and I'm a, a smart aleck guy, like that's how I grew, uh, grew up. So things that have like off humor, like gnarly, perversion, all that kind of stuff that I was used to for so many years, I know I can't consume those things because if I do, I'm going to get in that mindset. And that's what it is. It's a mindset and the flesh you start going oh, into. Yeah, so and then you just open to it, right? 100%. Yeah. And it almost destroyed my life for sure. Okay. So say there's some like non-Christians listening to this show right now. And they're like, okay, man, well, you're like religious and mm -hmm. that's not the way it works for me. Right. Well, I'm glad you guys said that. I want to look at a GQ article that came out you a while ago. There? Yeah, I'm gonna pull up the the GQ okay. article. We should talk about this because yeah. this is this is awesome. I love the contrast because we're we you know obviously we're Christians. We believe in the Bible and we we believe what the Scripture says in God's Word. But also, the mainstream has the same issue as us. They're having a major problem with pornography because there's you know how it is, dude. You could talk to people that are not Christians and they're like, yeah, man, pornography, dude. That's it's all good. It's not hurting anyone. Mm -hmm. And interesting enough, I was at a mental health conference. Um, at this uh, Christian college co a couple, like maybe like a week ago, and they were even talking about how a lot of Christians, I don't have the exact statistics here, mm -hmm. but it was a good like 37%, I believe, roughly, of uh, Christians that watch pornography. They justify it because they don't, they don't want to go out and have sex and sleep around. They want to wait for their wife, so they, they, they justify it like right. that. Which is just crazy. Crazy, right. Yeah, so anyway, the main, but then the mainstream here in GQ, they have some problems. Um, what are they saying? They're saying, uh, number two, uh, let, let's see. One of the things it says, it says, one in five people who regularly watch porn admit to feeling controlled by their own sexual desires. When you were telling your story, yep. I don't know if you realized it, but you said that. I, for basically, sure. you said that they were you were being controlled by these desires. Then it goes on to say another one. It says 12% of non-frappers, which means people that have decided that in the mainstream that said, Porn is bad. They're not going to watch porn. They're non-frappers. 12% of non-frappers reported watching five or more hours of internet porn every week. 59% report watching between four and 15 hours of porn every week. Crazy. That is crazy. Almost 50% of those of non-frapp have, have never had sex in their lives meaning their only experience with intimacy has been purely digital. And that's dangerous. Digital. Yep. They don't even know what real sex is like. And when I say that is because when you have real, when you have sex with a woman, it's not visually like pornography because mm -hmm. pornography is so graphic and, and it's, it's fake. Mm -hmm. it, it's just so hardcore so when you're used to this kind of, um, and you know the progressions of, of, of pornography, how it gets, a normal girl just won't do it for you because yeah. you're going to use the stuff that's not even real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that part right there will distort your, your reality of what a relationship is to be with a man and woman. And that's one of the big dangers of pornography like that. Because those they consume it, then they look at all girls. Oh, they think that way. That's how they are. 
a lot of serial killers, uh, a lot of people that bat battled Dahmer. with, yeah, all that stuff. A lot of times it started with pornography. Interesting enough about pornography is every time, I think me and you have talked about this before, but every time in the news when you see some crazy crystal meth or like, not only right. crystal meth, but like devil worshippers, like actual like Satanist, you know, group gets busted. They always find tons of pornography. Charles Manson. Hardcore one porn of the in thing, Same thing. A lot of pornography, orgies, all that kind of stuff. Okay, here's another statistic from GQ magazine. 53% of non-frappers had developed a regular porn habit between the ages of 12 and 14. Wow. An alarming 16% said they started watching before they were 12. Actually, those numbers have now gone down to 8 years old. Wow. They kids are starting 8 years That's old now. That's the age of my oldest son. 64% reported that their taste in porn has become more extreme or deviant. Right. Which we've seen. Twisted. We've, I've seen that um, in multiple 64%. Articles. Dude, that's gnarly. So now you think about all these guys and girls that start off watching pornography and their minds are just getting twisted. Yeah. And you know... Guys how, and girls. Girls yeah, guys and more girls, so yeah. now and probably in the last 10 years than ever before. Um, as far as consuming it. Let me see. What else can I read here? I don't want to read that. That's too gnarly for Christian uh, <laughs> uh, Christian uh, radio. After committing... Okay, here's one. After committing to not... Uh, uh, let's say after committing to por no porn, 60% of those on non-frap felt that their sexual function has improved and 67% had an increase in energy levels as well as productivity. Why? Yeah. Because pornography is like bondage. Dude, once you get hooked on this, if you're watching 15, I don't have 15 hours a, yeah. a week to, to do anything. I mean, mm -hmm. that's crazy. 15 hours to be watching, sitting in front of your computer watching pornography. So you're being non-productive. You're sitting there and you're just, you're just wasting away. Yeah. And then what happens when you're in this? It goes back to our first conversation. Anxiety. Depression. Not being out, not yeah. not being isolated, uh, being isolated. Yes, yeah, it's crazy. No, no, yeah, no. And this is a an issue that we bring up. We brought it up multiple times because it's something that's prevalent. Um, you see it at every walk of life, like we're talking about. This is the mainstream trying to help and figure out how they can conquer it. We're here speaking about it. We see it in many people's lives that come to a place of brokenness that's affecting them so much that they, they need to change. Um, we have our own past where we battle with this stuff, so we know the reality that is there. Um, but but the depression and all of these, um, the, the the stuff that comes out of it, the re residual effects that come out of it, man, it destroys your mind, destroys your relationships. It's not worth it. And, that, and that's why going back to this theme of the show of Ryan bringing up the kill the noise tour, the wake up uh, message and all these kind of things is because there are issues going on in our world today. There are major things, and we truly do need to, to wake up and realize um, the, the drastic need that is needed in the church and outside as well. Like, this isn't life. Life should not be consumed with digital information that you find your only comfort in. It does truly turn into an idol. It turns into your God. It turns into the thing that brings you fulfillment and satisfaction, but it doesn't really satisfy you. It, it leaves you wanting more. It's an addiction. And like an addiction, it usually ends bad. Absolutely.
And I agree. The reason why we keep talking about it is because news articles keep surfacing. The world is freaking out about it. And, you know, a lot a lot of times the, the church and people, don't, they don't want to talk about this stuff because it's like a taboo. Mm-hmm. But honestly, this is the subject. As we go into the high schools and we're talking to these students, this is what they're dealing with in the church and outside the church. I mean, you know, obviously you've heard about pastors dealing with it. You've heard about youth pastors and leadership. I mean, if, 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 I mean, I was just at this mental health, uh, and, uh, mental health and, and porn, um, conference at this Christian college uh, university last week, they were saying 75% of, of youth pastors consume pornography. If youth pastors are consuming pornography and admit it, what about the kids in the youth group? Mm -hmm. I mean, for real. Yeah. You know, um. The one of the things of, of pornography, like we were saying earlier, the depression, man. You want peace, man. Everyone desires peace. Life's too short, and I think this goes into everything else. You got to ask yourself, why am why was I created? Why am I here? It can't just be for the day in and day out stuff. There has to be something more in life than just a day in and day out thing. And I truly uh, believe that that it's found in the Lord. And Satan will use so many different vices in your life to be, keep you distracted where you don't come to a place of asking that question, like, why am I here? When you find, Ryan brought this up earlier, when you find your purpose, you actually find life. You find the essence of life. Um, you know, so often we spend our time like a hamster in a wheel just trying to make something out of our lives or just trying to do something but not going anywhere. When your life is submitted into the Lord, you will, you will start, man, a journey that will totally transform your life. And we encourage you to do so. How do you start this life, though? I would say this in Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Mm. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give is light. Come to me, all you that are heavy burdens. He will give you rest for your soul. What he's saying is he's going to teach you. He's going to teach you how to walk with him. When I gave my life to the Lord nine years ago, I had that porn addiction. I was sleeping with girls. I was using drugs. I was not a Christian whatsoever. But I gave my life to God, and I said, God, how do we do this? And I just started going to church. I started reading the Bible at home. I was going through Bible studies. I was talking to God, which is praying. And as I read the word of God, the DNA of Jesus Christ, the Jesus Christ is the DNA of holiness. God started transforming me. He started showing me how to walk with him. And he gave me that peace and that rest for my soul. Yeah. He says, come to me, all you, everyone that's listening to this right now that are weary and carry burdens. He says, I will, I will take that from you. I will teach you how to walk. I will teach you how to follow me. I'll teach you how to walk, and I will lift that burden from you. For he, it's his his load is is light. It's easy, and he's going to give you rest for your soul as you follow him. And I, Sean McKeon, myself, we are two witnesses that have been there, have done that, and now here we are, still following him. Yep. And every day that goes by, as situations that happen, because not every day is a an amazing day, nope, you know, life, life is wild. Right. And I think it gets crazier the older you get. I think so too. You know, everything that's going on, Yep. whether you're single or married or not, it just gets crazier mm -hmm. the older you get. But 
we always go to the bold of grace, the throne of grace, boldly, which is Jesus Christ, which is the cross, and say, Lord, thy will be done as it is on earth as in heaven. Forgive us for our sins and teach us how to walk with you, Lord. And he'll forgive us. He'll empower us by his Holy Spirit. He'll lead and guide us, and he'll lift those burdens. And he's that hope. Yep. He's that hope that we have. There, when you bring up that verse about, come to me all you have laden and burdened, I can't get this thought in my mind. Before I came to the Lord, my mom was a Christian. She always gave me books and CDs. I would just never listen to them, never read them, do them in a drawer. But there was this one book, and it had like this silhouette, and you could tell it's Jesus, and he's carrying this huge bag. And I just remember on the, the front of the book it said, you're carrying a burden that you cannot bear. And I remember, I never read the book, um, but that picture has always stuck in my mind. And after I came to the Lord, I remembered it because why my mom gave it to me was because she saw in me, through my eyes, through my oh, yeah. life, I was burdened. I'm like in the, I'm in court. I'm sucked up for so skinny on dope and drugs. My life is a place where I'm about to go to jail. I'm about to get put in a system. Like I shouldn't be there. My life shouldn't be on that pathway, but yet it's about to be. And I'm depressed. I'm dealing with so many issues. I don't see any hope. I don't see any way out. And I continued being self-destructive. I kept doing drugs. I, st- I kept not sleeping and habits. going to court. You know, all this stuff. Bad habits, yeah. And I was carrying a burden that I couldn't bear. And when I gave that burden over to the Lord, man, it was like, whew. I refer to it like this. Childlike faith, Jesus talks about. I experienced that the night I gave my life to the Lord. I had this, like, in my life was horrible at the time. I got three years probation, 18-month alcohol class, fees from the court, fee from the DUI classes, suspended license, not good. But I left there saying, it's all good. I'm going to be okay. And that started my journey and my walk with God. So I I tell you what, if I tried to hold that burden myself, I would have gone down. I would have gone self-destructive mode. I would have been at the bar hanging out with everybody, and who knows what would happen. I'd be in jail. At you know, that time. It's funny because I just thought about the hope is too. When when you gave your life to Jesus, you knew if you were going to follow Jesus, you would not have to worry about more court dates or doing more stupid stuff. That's you, right. When you if you give your life to Jesus Christ, one hundred percent, you follow him, you will guarantee you will not run into any more of those problems. <laughs> and whatever problems That's you have, true. you'll go to court, you'll finish it, you'll pay it, and it'll be over with. That's, oh, that's the one feeling. guarantee you great have. That, that's a great feeling. <laughs> you don't have to be tripping out about the, the cop and your, your mirror anymore. You don't have to worry about like, if I'm drinking tonight or we got drugs in my car. Hey, family. The answer is no. Right? Look, it, we love you guys. This is why we're here on Saturday nights. We want to encourage you guys. We, we take these issues very serious. Um, we want to see a transformation in not only you guys, your friends, your family, We've seen God work in ourselves, and we're seeing people, God work in all people, all kinds of people around us. And we hear your stories. Well, your messages you send us, your emails you send us, we get them. We hear them. And this is what keeps us going to keep talking about these subjects. We love you guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.